Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Hey guys, and welcome to the Moms of Murder podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my dear friend and tired person, <laughs> Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi. How are you, Mandy? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. It's not even funny. It is literally <laughs> not even funny. <laughs> I'm tired. We moved this week, and um, and it's a you know, moves can be good or they can be bad. This is a good move, and uh, but I'm still exhausted. And why are we doing anything this week? We did not think this through all the way. So we're good. It'll be good. It'll be fine. If you hear kids screaming in the background, they're having fun. They're not. <laughs> we're not having problems. But this is like our one window we could record two days before we have to post it. So, so thanks for being patient with us. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Maybe I'm gonna <laughs> hand it over to you. I sound crazy. <laughs> All right. So this week, um, we have another case that was writ- uh, researched and written for us by the lovely Mary Jane Jarman. Um, she just did an episode, uh, helped us with one a couple weeks back, and it was a very popular episode. People really liked it. So oh, yeah. Mary Jane, you are awesome. And you should just take over this gig for us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I feel like at one point, people are just going to write in and be like, you know, that girl that keeps writing, helping you guys out. Just 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 give it to her. So we'll just beat them to the punch and give it to her. Yeah. (laughs) So it was, as Melissa said, a lifesaver this week because 
she has a lot going on with her move and I just always have a lot going on. I don't even know what my life is like anymore as an outsider. I feel like it would just look very strange. But <laughs> so this was a lifesaver for us this week. And uh, we do have some cases coming up in the next few weeks that were researched by other people. Um, so I'm kind of working to get those put together so we can put their hard work uh, on the show as well. So keep an ear out for those. Thank you all so much. And thank you yes. so much, Mary Jane, this week. It was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week's episode is a crazy tale of muscles and murder and involves two sort of celebrities from Las Vegas, Nevada. And before we dive into the story, we're going to learn a little about Las Vegas in this week's segment of We Googled This City. Well, I'm so happy that this week was Las Vegas because there are a million facts about Las Vegas. And my only problem was like narrowing it down to find the most fun and unusual. So to start off with, the city of Las Vegas has over 641,000 residents as of a 2017 census. I don't know what I thought, but that, that seems that seems about right. I, I'm just going to keep giving my personal opinion on all these. Um, Las Vegas is translated to the meadows in Spanish. I Googled that like four different times because I just didn't think that could be right. But I think it yeah. really is. Yeah, I, 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 I know. I asked Suri specifically, and so she just said, Las Vegas with a Spanish accent. And so I was like, well, <laughs> I'm not, I don't even know how to ask Surrey questions anymore. Um, so, but back when it was named in 1854, there were several meadows in the area. And now it's really known for the whole, you know, being in the desert, that sort of, that sort of vibe. Uh, the Las Vegas Strip is the brightest place on earth when looked at from outer space. Wow. Um, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. My daughter's in a big outer space kick right now. So. Shout out to her, I guess, who isn't allowed to listen to this. Um, and there are over 300 weddings per day in Las Vegas, making it the top wedding destination in the U.S. And it's second only to Istanbul for the most number of weddings in a single city. So Istanbul is like the Las Vegas of not this side of the world. <laughs> <laughs> the shrimp consumption in Las Vegas is over 60,000 pounds per day. And that's higher than the rest of the nation combined. Eleanor shrimp? El yes, shrimp. Think of all the shrimp cocktail. You go to a, I mean, this is me and watching movies. They go into casinos and they're just immediately given shrimp. I just didn't imagine that they would have like great seafood over there. Well, nobody said great. They just said there's a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Eleanor from The Good Place, one of my favorite shows, would be thrilled to go to Las Vegas and consume some shrimp. This went over Mandy's head but that's just what I do. And the last fact about Las Vegas that I had, um, in 1980, a Las Vegas hospital had to s suspend workers who were betting on when patients would die. One nurse was even accused of murdering a patient so that she would win. I want to know what the prize was. Wow. That you're willing to kill people? So yeah, color me intrigued. I think we will need to look more into the story of this nurse. Yeah, definitely. Sounds like something that would be right up our alley. There you go. So on to today's story. Um, Kelly Ryan was born in 1972 in Greenville, South Carolina. She was an accomplished gymnast and was coached by the world famous Bella Caroli. And alongside the champion gymnast that she looked up to, like Olympic gold medalist Mary Lou Retton. For most of her life, Kelly was very focused on pursuing an Olympic gold medal. From age 9 to 11, this was between 1981 and 1983, Kelly was the national gymnastics champion. After many years, the lonely life of an elite gymnast was just not for Kelly. She left the gymnastics world behind to pursue a different life. She attended the University of South Carolina, where she was the head of the dance team and the cheer squad. 
1995, in the midst of training to be a Laker girl, Kelly saw a fitness competition on TV. Fitness competitions are a women's division of a bodybuilding competition where women who don't want to be as muscular as the bodybuilding women uh, can instead perform a fitness or dance routine. These were the days before the figure and bikini divisions were even around. So Kelly fell in love with these competitions and that kind of married her two passion or her three passions, really a fitness dance and gymnastics together. It was really perfect for her. Kelly quickly rose to the top of the fitness world. Competitors and judges described her as a cyclone, dominating the fitness division with her amazing display of dance and athletic skills. Her gymnastics abilities gave her an edge in competition since many of the other competitors couldn't do what she could do. She earned the nickname Flyin' Ryan. The best in the world compete in the Olympia competition every fall in Las Vegas. In this cutthroat competition, Kelly placed second for three consecutive years. And I watched a little of her competition videos you saw some of those as well yeah they are quite they are quite something to view (laughs) yeah they they are something at one point kelly met a bodybuilder named craig titus at a fitness competition he describes it as love at first sight her not so much she wanted nothing to do with him and rejected his advances Uh, oh okay also the thing we watched they like did reenactments, which gosh, I live for reenactments. I live for bad reenactments, but I love that they're like supposed to be buff and in the gym and the guy's like kind of got a dad bod and the girl is fit, but I'm like, okay, right. neither of you are competing in anything. Yeah. I mean, better than me, but it was just still fun to watch. Kelly was well aware of Craig and his reputation as the bad boy of bodybuilding. Craig was notorious for his explosive temper and unsportsmanlike conduct during competitions. During a competition in Denver in 1995, he refused to accept this his second-place trophy, ripped off his number, throwing it at the judges, and walked backstage where he flew into a rage, throwing chairs and screaming at everyone. And this guy is 225 pounds, and just having anyone that size getting this kind of angry near you would be absolutely terrifying. Oh, yeah. Craig grew up near Detroit. And shout out to our lovely friend, Dee, who lives in Detroit and is the loveliest. Sorry, I had to add that. Uh, He (laughs) was always a small kid, and he quit high school football because he was too small, being only 5'6 and weighing around 130 pounds. He did wrestle at the 132-pound weight class throughout high school, graduating at only 140 pounds. After high school, he discovered weight training and started finally putting on some muscle. By the age of 21, he was 5'8 and weighed 185 pounds. He entered his first bodybuilding competition in 1988 and won. Titus got into some trouble in the mid-90s when he was arrested for conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute ecstasy, where he was sentenced to 16 months of house arrest. House arrest is a really interesting sentence to me, just in general. I just always find it like, you're going to make me stay at home. Okay, thanks for punishing me. That sounds terrible. I'd love that. (laughs) (laughs) I wish somebody would do that. So he was also sentenced to 21 months in prison two years later because he violated probation by testing positive for anabolic steroids. Despite his legal troubles, he continued to compete in bodybuilding and steadily rose to national fame. He was always open about his steroid use, stating, you don't get this big without steroids. While he was an arrogant monster, he was also a charismatic self-promoter. I just love that he's so like blunt about it. Like this guy is ripped, ripped, ripped. Craig relentlessly pursued Kelly, showing her his charming, charismatic side and trying to convince her that his bad boy persona was just an act. He eventually wore her down and they moved to Las Vegas and married in the Little White Wedding Chapel in July of 2000. At this time, Craig and Kelly were at the top of their fitness careers. 
They were making good money at competitions, photo shoots, writing fitness articles for magazines, product endorsements, and appearances. Appearance fees for Kelly and Craig were $3,000 and $5,000, respectively. As a result of their success, they moved into a 3,000-square-foot house in Las Vegas that was equipped with a pool, a state-of-the-art gym, and a garage full of fancy cars. Kelly especially loved her bright red Jaguar. While at a fitness competition in Panama City, Florida, Craig and Kelly met dancer and choreographer Melissa James. While Kelly was busy competing, Craig and Melissa had a physical encounter of some kind, and Craig ended up encouraging Melissa to move to where they lived in Las Vegas because it would it would have been a better location for Melissa to pursue her career. Melissa wasn't quite ready to pack up her life and move to Vegas, so she just made several trips pursuing different projects, and when she was in Vegas, she would stay with Craig and Kelly. After a while, the trips became more regular and for longer lengths of time, so Craig offered her the guest bedroom if she wanted to move in full-time, which is very, um, I don't even know the word for that. It's unique. Yeah, yeah, literally moving your girlfriend in to where you and your wife live, just very, and and Kelly didn't know about any of it. So it was, yeah, yeah, that's something. Melissa worked as their assistant while pursuing her own dance and choreography projects. She was immediately swept up in the hard partying lifestyle of Craig Titus, and the two of them started having an affair, full-blown affair, right under Kelly's nose. Kelly started to become increasingly paranoid and insecure. She started having plastic surgery in a way, um, you know, that was so that she could keep up with this beautiful young woman that her husband was shamelessly flirting with in front of her. Kelly started to notice strange charges here and there on her credit card that she did not make, and she accused Melissa of stealing from her, and Melissa quickly decided that she was just going to get out of the situation and move back home to Panama City, Florida. While back at home, Melissa opened a dance studio of her own in efforts to move on from Craig and Kelly. However, the young dancer couldn't shake the lifestyle that she had grown accustomed to in Vegas. Throughout the drug use and partying, she found herself in trouble with the law. She was charged with writing bad checks, using stolen credit cards, and drug charges. She lost her dance studio and found herself in a downward spiral. She reached out to Kelly and Craig for help, and they welcomed her back as their assistant and brought her into the home. The awkward dynamic between the three of them continued right where it had left off, and it appeared Melissa and Craig's affair had too. Craig was loving the situation, and in his mind, he had two gorgeous women fighting over him and competing for his attention. So he often um, you know, pitted the two women against each other. Sounds like a real winner. Yeah. Yeah. Very messed up situation. So before we get into the rest of the story, we're going to take a break and tell you about this week's sponsors. Folane is a clean beauty retailer that believes you should never have to compromise your health for beauty. Clean beauty is a better, healthier choice in beauty, full of real toxin-free ingredients that really work. Each Folane product goes through a five-step approval process, which is to identify, research, test, validate, and then launch. So by the time you get a product, it has been through the ringer and has come out the other side victorious, like a mom whose kid finally learned how to buckle their own seatbelt. So how does Folane decide on the products they produce? Well, they have to be three things. They have to be safe, effective, and luxurious to experience. Picture an all-inclusive vacation to Bora Bora, but for your face. Ingredients can be harmful for several different reasons, and your skin absorbs up to 60% of the ingredients applied. For that reason, Folane has a restricted ingredients list. Folane ensures that every ingredient in their products plays a positive role in your health with no downsides or compromises allowed. 
The Clean Essentials Kit, which is what Melissa and I have, is 100% non-toxic, vegan, and cruelty-free and sustainable for all skin types. My only complaint is that my skin feels so great, I just want to touch it all day. And on a totally unrelated note, if you just go around rubbing your face, you will get stares. But they are worth it for how fantastic and soft your skin truly feels. If you're like me and not a skincare aficionado, you can pretend you are after visiting their website and taking their skin quiz. Learn all about the products that will work for you based on your results. Coming Clean is risk-free. If any product you try doesn't work for you, they'll replace it with something that does. Pure and simple with free returns. Thanks to the Clean Essentials Kit, your daily skincare routine just got a whole lot cleaner. The Clean Essentials Kit features trial sizes of four everyday non-toxic skin essentials, including OC Ocean Cleanser, Indie Lee CoQ10 Toner, Ursa Major Golden Hour, and Folane Refillable Soap. For only $22, that's over 50% off, try the Clean Essentials Kit today. Go to F-O-L-L-A-I-N.com slash moms to try the kit and enter code MOMS at checkout for free shipping. That's F-O-L-L-A-I-N dot com slash moms to try the kit and enter code moms at checkout for free shipping. Now we'd like to tell you about this week's other sponsor, Poshmark. Did you know you spend 50% of each paycheck paying for clothing? (laughs) Okay, so that statistic is probably not true, but sometimes it feels like it is. And if you're like me, you spend too much time buying cheap quality stuff just to save a few bucks. That's where our new sponsor, Poshmark, comes in. Instead of buying things new, you can shop for millions of closets across America. So as soon as we found out we were working with Poshmark, I downloaded the app and immediately started checking out brands that I love, but normally don't even bother to look at, honestly, because I am a real cheapo. I decided to check out one of my favorite brands, J. Crew, and found the most beautiful cotton silk Kelly green dress with pockets. Best of all, the retail value of this dress was $165, and I found it on Poshmark for just $36. And then I started going down the Poshmark rabbit hole. Between Michael Kors handbags and Ann Taylor cardigans, I now think I have a problem, but it's a problem with a solution, thanks to Poshmark. You can download the free Poshmark app and find clothes for women, kids, and men. Poshmark is the easiest way to both buy and sell fashion items. Plus, they make shipping super easy for both the buyer and the seller. Listeners of Moms and Murder get $5 off your first purchase. Just enter the invite code MURDER5 when you sign up. That's invite code MURDER5. And now back to the show. In the very early morning of December 14th, 2005, a truck driver on a desert highway outside of Las Vegas saw a red Jaguar and a gray pickup truck speed past him at excessive speeds. There wasn't anyone else really on the road at this time, so the truck driver took notice. A ways down the road, the truck driver saw that same gray pickup truck enter the highway and speed past him going in the opposite direction, traveling back where it had come from. That's when he saw the flames up ahead at about the same place where he saw the truck pull away from. As he got closer, he saw the red Jaguar on fire. He immediately called 911 to report it, and a volunteer fire chief showed up and put out what was relatively a small fire. This was a very routine call for this fire chief because people often dump cars and set them on fire in the desert to collect the insurance money, which is so fascinating to me, like that there's just like any given day they're like, oh, this is an insurance one again, like. How many cars get thrown in the desert for that? That's crazy. So he didn't really think anything of it at first until he started moving the seat cushions around and saw a red jacket and an arm. Police were immediately called and a body of a small framed woman was discovered in the trunk. Police ran the plates and found the car was registered to Kelly Ryan. Assuming it was her body in the trunk, they went to the house to notify the family that she was deceased. To their surprise, Kelly answered the door. 
They told Kelly that they had found her car torched in the desert with a body inside. She seemed totally unfazed and cool as a cucumber. She said something to the effect of, oh yeah, my husband and I woke up and found our car was stolen out of the garage and I was just about to call you um, to actually file a report, which is so like, who wakes up, sees their cars missing and is like, you know what I want to do? Drink some coffee wait around for the doorbell to ring, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're going to immediately be like, wow, a Jaguar was stolen from my house and you would call the police. So the police were a bit suspicious. So they continued to talk to the couple. Uh, Kelly said that it was probably their assistant, Melissa James, that stole the car because she had a history of stealing from them and also had a drug problem. Craig told police that they had fired Melissa and had asked her to leave, but not before putting her up in a hotel for two nights and buying her a plane ticket back to Florida. Craig continued to tell them that on December 13th, he picked up Melissa at her hotel and drove her back to the house to collect her belongings. He then said he drove her to a convenience store and left her there, um, which is strange for somebody you're trying to like, you're paying for their hotel, you're paying for their plane ticket, but you're just going to ditch her at a convenience store, which by the way, there are like um, footage. What am I trying to say? Uh, Surveillance cameras at a convenience store of all places to say you ditch somebody. So while while they said it was probably Melissa who stole the car, they have no idea how she ended up in the trunk and burned in the desert. Melissa's body was sent for an autopsy, which showed that her face and neck were wrapped in duct tape, which preserved her features from the fire. She was able to be identified by photographs. Toxicology reports showed high levels of heroin and opioids. There was also evidence of manual strangulation. Unfortunately, the rest of Melissa's body was so burnt the medical examiner couldn't determine if her cause of death was an overdose or from the strangulation. So the cause of death was officially deemed inconclusive. Police found out from friends of Kelly and Craig in the fitness industry that Craig was having an affair with Melissa. They also learned of Craig and Kelly's drug use, but they didn't find any evidence of their involvement in Melissa's death. While searching Craig's phone records, police found that he called a friend and amateur bodybuilder, Anthony Gross, 12 times the night of the murder. Anthony wasn't a pro bodybuilder like Craig, but he definitely looked to Craig as a mentor and for inspiration. On December 19th, Anthony came to the police station with his attorney. He identified himself as the owner of the gray pickup truck. Anthony stated that Craig called him in the middle of the night needing to um, ask a favor of him, and he asked him if he would follow him into the desert to dump the Jaguar. He says he did not know what was in the trunk or why they were dumping Kelly's car there. Anthony was seen on surveillance video at a gas station purchasing a gas can and a small amount of gas. Both the Jaguar and the pickup truck were visible on the video, but police could not identify if Craig or Kelly were the drivers of the Jaguar. Police pulled Craig and Kelly's purchasing history and found that on the night in question at 3.30 a.m., they had purchased a juice drink, barbecue tools, and seven bottles of lighter fluid. Parking lot surveillance video showed Craig and Kelly loading this item into the backseat of the Jaguar, not the trunk, theoretically because there was a body in the trunk. So this is an embarrassing fact about me, but there was a time in my life where I had a microwave in my trunk for like at least a year. I don't even know why. (laughs) And my brother-in-law still makes fun of this whole microwave thing. So to me, it's not so crazy that somebody has stuff in their trunk and therefore they're using their backseat as their trunk. It happens. Some people just make bad choices in life and I've done that. So uh, this this fact alone gave police enough evidence for an arrest warrant for Kelly and Craig. They knew they were involved in Melissa's death, but they weren't sure what role each one of them played. When police showed up at their house to arrest them, the couple was gone. Friends of Kelly and Craig said the couple often talked about Um, If they ever needed to flee, they would go to a country with no extradition treaty. 
uh, why would you really randomly tell people this? Although it does make you think like <laughs> how many people know where these countries are. Apparently, Kelly and Craig did. So Kelly and Craig dodged the police by staying with different friends until they could secure all the money they needed to flee Las Vegas. One friend told police that the couple had planned to go to Boston on their way out of the country. Police notified the local FBI in Boston to make the arrest. Police were then contacted by the attorney for a couple who said they were very close to Craig and Kelly and needed to give them some important information. Jeremy and Megan Foley came forward to talk to police because after seeing the news reports and the fact that they had drinks with Kelly and Craig earlier in the evening of December 13th, they didn't want to be charged with obviously assisting them in anything. Apparently during the drinks, uh, Craig and Kelly told Megan and Jeremy that they had to kick Melissa out because she was stealing from them. Craig proceeded to show them a bag of meth and some bloody needles in Melissa's room. Kelly and Megan went upstairs to the bedroom while Craig and Jeremy stayed downstairs in the study. In a hushed voice, Kelly started telling Megan exactly what happened to Melissa. Megan Foley described the conversation in court. She stated that Kelly was very quiet and it was clear to her that she did not want Craig to hear what she was saying. Kelly said that she and Craig had gotten a hotel room for Melissa the night before and when they found the drugs in her room, Craig wanted to go to the hotel to confront her. When he returned home, Melissa was with him. Kelly said that Melissa had a stun gun and was threatening her with it, but she was able to wrestle it out of Melissa's hands and turned it around to, I guess, then use it on Melissa in this um, struggle that she's describing was going on. Kelly said that she had attempted to use a stun gun on Melissa several times, but didn't think she had the voltage up high enough. So she just kept trying, I guess, and then eventually called for Craig to come up the stairs and help her. Craig, at this point, allegedly picked Melissa up and carried her downstairs where Craig and Kelly both began beating her. At times, Craig would hold Melissa down while Kelly hit her. The couple gave Melissa a shot of morphine in the leg, which did not appear to phase her. And Megan said that later in the evening, the couple continued to discuss how they had killed Melissa. Craig allegedly showed their friends how easy it is to strangle someone and spoke about how he had killed Melissa in that way. Um, he had said that he put her in this kind of like chokehold position. Um, but Megan said that she did not take him seriously at the time because as he was telling this terrible story, he was laughing and joking around. And she said that his demeanor um, was often like hard to read. You couldn't really tell like if he was being serious or just one of those people. Megan then told the court that Craig had also demonstrated this chokehold on her that same evening, um, kind of like, this is how you would do, you know, this is how it's done. And she testified that he was a bodybuilder and had huge biceps and that she was really scared and uncomfortable with him, um, you know, fake doing this maneuver on her. Um, I can just imagine. I I personally would not want anyone to grab me and put me in a, p a position like that. Especially while telling the story. Of, yeah. hey, yeah. this thing I jokingly exactly. did while the girl's missing. So Right. Before the night ended, Craig made a comment about how they were um, really going to miss Melissa. So whenever he said this, like that we're really going to miss Melissa, um, Megan felt like it was he, – he was saying it more um, – at that point, she was starting to like be suspicious that his story was true, I guess, and that – they meant it more than just like, oh, she's going back to Florida. We're going to miss her. Like the way he said right. it and came across, it was more like she's gone, like, you know, is gone, gone. I guess at that point, Megan started believing a little bit more that like they had, you know, had actually done this. So Megan also testified that she had seen the Red Jaguar in the couple's garage at 11 p.m. on the night of December 13th. According to Megan's testimony, Craig did eventually go on to describe in detail the plan to drive the Jaguar into the desert and set it on fire with Melissa's body inside. 
The Foley's were terrified and left the house, but not before Craig asked them to take a duffel bag with him, stating that he would come by for it later. I would straight up be like, are you insane? I am definitely, after what you just told me, I'm not taking anything. See, I would because I'd be terrified of them. Like I would just want to get out of that house as quickly as possible, do what I have to do in literally in the driveway, call 911 and say, oh my gosh, please believe this story. Oh gosh, I'm going to go to jail now. Do you think I've killed somebody? Oh no. Is this being recorded? And then I'd be in jail for the rest of my life. It would not go well for me (laughs) at all. So at home, Megan and Jeremy opened the duffel bag to reveal a taser and duct tape. As Kelly's best friend, Megan wanted to protect her, and at the same time, she was terrified of Craig and what he would do to her and her husband, knowing what he was capable of. And so that's why they really didn't report this bag for a few days after the murder. So I'm all about, like, telling on everybody, but I can't understand their, you know, way of thinking at this point, that they're just terrified. At this time, there was a nationwide manhunt for Craig and Kelly, and through phone records, they were able to locate the couple in Massachusetts. The SWAT team arrested Kelly at a nail salon and arrested Craig as he waited outside. Six days after Melissa's murder, they were getting, she was getting a manicure. And that's super important if you are headed out of the country and there's a nationwide manhunt for you. But I'm always so thankful for stupid criminals. So their story to the police was the classic, Melissa died of an overdose. They panicked and had to get rid of the body. Craig said he couldn't have drugs and a dead body associated with him because of his I'm going to put quote unquote celebrity status and it would ruin his reputation. Did you know who these people were before um, we started looking into this case? No, but I I get that they are really big in the um, bodybuilding world. world. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but still not in that world. So I had never heard of them. (laughs) Is there a donut competition? Because I could be in that one. So (laughs) Craig and Kelly's stories matched and they even gave police the names of their good friends, the Foley's as witnesses. But what they didn't realize is that the Foley's had already contacted police and turned in the duffel bag. Craig and Kelly were booked on a long list of charges and flown back to Las Vegas. During their arraignment, the deputy district attorney said Craig arrogantly walked into the courtroom, turned to Kelly and mouthed the words, don't say nothing. Evidence against the couple, while circumstantial, was damning. Tasers apparently record timestamps of how many times they are used. So each time it's used, there's like a little internal. I was actually, I've never heard of this. I didn't know that. And I think it's pretty cool that they have that feature. But um, every time you fire a taser um, gun or a stun gun, it will record the time that you did it. Mm. And um, so this taser had been fired six times in two minutes on December 13th, 2005. Taser guns also leave um, taser dots with the serial number of the gun. um, And they're like stuck there. So once the dots, I guess, wherever they, I'm not really clear on how that works, but wherever they land, like, they're there. Right. So um, police knew like they would be able to find um, those dots. If the taser had been used inside the home, they would, they would be able to locate like some evidence of that. Right. So with this evidence, the couple was indicted on assault with a deadly weapon, kidnapping and arson. They couldn't indict them on murder because evidence was circumstantial. And remember, again, the medical examiner could not definitively say whether the cause of death was overdose or strangulation. So they couldn't really bring them up on murder charges. Two and a half years later, the couple was finally set to go to trial. On the day before, both Craig and Kelly made individual plea deals. Craig Titus pled guilty to second degree murder and received 21 to 55 years. Kelly did the Alford plea, which we've talked about before on our um, episode that we did on the Staircase documentary with um, Allie Sweeney um, as our guest co-host. We talked about the Alford plea a little bit in that case. Um, Essentially, Kelly was saying, I'm not 
you know, she wasn't admitting to her guilt, but was admitting that there was enough evidence to convict her. So she received a sentence of six to 26 years. Both of them pled to burning Melissa's body. The couple officially divorced in 2009. On October 24th, 2017, Kelly was officially released on parole. What? That's terrifying. Yeah, she's out. Yeah. <laughs> she's out. Wow, that is quite a story. Uh, I remember- Quite a story. Yeah. I saw this on like a 48 hours several years ago. Like this happened several years ago, but I remember it and it just, it, there's just so much to this story. Bodybuilding and yeah. a, a secret girlfriends and I guess- Right. Well, Mary yeah. Jane said that this was a case that she really um, has always kind of been, you know, surprised and shocked by because apparently she did um, when she gave us the notes, she said that she like idolized Kelly Ryan like at that time, like, right. that, you know, that that was somebody she wanted to be like in the fitness world, you know, look, looked up to and and watched all of her competitions, I guess, and stuff. So, yeah, well, that'd be crazy to see somebody. I had a similar thing happen whenever I used to watch Rock of Love. And then I started watching Megan <laughs> wants to marry a millionaire. And then that guy, the Jasmine Fior, Ryan, I can't remember his last name right now. But whenever that happened, it's the same like where you're like, whoa, you've watched this person. Same idea with Mary right. Jane. And you just can't believe it and totally sucks you in. <laughs> totally different. A little bit similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, a couple quick announcements for this week. Um, we had our design contest. And Yay. yeah. And Mark Jones was the winner of our contest. And he made the coolest design for us ever. It's just so cool. Mandy, I think you've already ordered a sweatshirt or a hoodie, right? I did. I can't. Yes, I put I um, got the new design put up on our uh, merch store. At Threadless. Momsandmurder.threadless.com. Yes. That's the one. And I, so I put that up there. And then I, like the same day, I just went ahead and ordered myself a hoodie with it on there. I love it so much. I, I hope everybody will go check that yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. see what it looks like. And we had um, lots of great entries in it. Everyone did a great job. So if you did enter, please email us. Um, and we wanted to send you something as a thank you. And then Mark also runs a design center or design store, design shop design designs <laughs> he designs he designs things. things and sells them <laughs> yeah there you go so clearly the man's a professional so um i want to give you his website it is sickscreens.com. sick like hey i have the flu screens like i don't know screens the screens on your window <laughs> sickscreens.com and he also said i'm going to quote him he said people can contact me just for designs if they want doesn't have to be screen printed but i do free artwork for anyone that orders screen printing shirts hoodies whatevs and he put whatevs sorry mark i'm calling you out on not putting a complete word there but um <laughs> but he does such amazing work so if you're looking for anything check out that design and then check out his uh websites really really awesome are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, 
DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Our last thing before we go, we're going to do one last thing before we go, and then we're going to talk for just a minute about our um, trip to our Atlanta. Trip to Atlanta. Yeah, now that we've actually gone to Atlanta and done that. Yeah. So our uh, last thing before we go, I don't have it in front of me, but our lovely friend Ebony from Australia wanted to know where we would go if it was an all-expense-paid trip anywhere in the world. Where would you choose to go? Mandy. So um, Ebony's suggestion also came with um, oh, yeah. the instruction for me that I better choose Australia. So yeah, uh, Ebony and I actually have sent each other packages back and forth. And um, it's been so fun to receive things from across the pond over in Australia. Wait. That's not even across you the don't pond. That's like, that's like over. <laughs> that's like over Down the, under. You mean down under. <laughs> down under. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It's exactly what I meant. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so of course I would go to Australia. Actually, I would love to go to Australia. I don't know if that would be my number one top choice. Maybe it would. I would have to think of all my options. There's so many choices. Um, I don't know. So, you know, when you're on Facebook scrolling and you see those like ads for these exotic yeah, yeah. vacation mm-hmm. spots like Bora Bora, right. which um, you mentioned earlier, but um, I always see those, you know, the ones where they have like docks with really nice looking huts and they're like in the middle of the water. Okay. Seen that is mine. That it's okay, where the real housewives I go, go wherever that Turks is. And Caicos, they go. always do that. All the real housewives like that renew their vows on like Turks and Caicos. They all get divorced immediately after, but they go vacation in those huts on the water and somebody, I want to do that. I'm like, super into that and they fight when they're there that's the really upsetting thing I'm like look around you it's so beautiful but that would totally be mine like that's my I always tell my husband I'm like if we ever win any sort of money or settlement from suing who knows who in in this vision that I have um I totally want to go to board I'm sorry to go to Turks and Caicos it's beautiful I'm sure there's other beautiful places everywhere you guys live it's beautiful I'm sure but yeah Turks and Caicos real real housewives that's what I want to do I'm a yeah. classy girl. So, um, and the other thing, we were just going to talk about Atlanta for just a quick second. We had our first big meetup with the Southern True Crime Podcast Festival, something other people associated with us um, in Atlanta this weekend. And it was so much fun, right? 
It yeah. was. It really was. <laughs> Waiting for you. <laughs> we got to meet so many people. I don't want to start naming people because we will forget people. And then I'm going to be awake right. at two o'clock in the morning on Tuesday when this is coming out and think, oh my gosh, how do we forget this person? So I'm not even naming anybody's names <laughs> in general. <laughs> if you came, we loved you and we thought you were awesome. Um, but we got to meet Laura from the fall line, which was really fun because Laura on her show is very straight laced and serious and all that. And she's in the words of anyone in the South, she's a real hoot. I thought she was hilarious. She is. She is. Yeah. I loved meeting Laura too. I was surprised because she's very tall. She's like you. very so I felt tall, very <laughs> small in the presence of the two yeah. of you. <laughs> Basically you just plan wor- world domination by being super, super tall. So um, we're on our way to making that happen. But maybe podcasters are just kind of on the petite side because we got a lot of comments about how freaking tall we were. So that's, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. But it was so lovely. We had we met Corpus Licti and Trace Evidence and Mo with Targeted and so many more people. See, I shouldn't have even started this list because I have to stop now. Um, and everyone was really great <laughs> and wonderful. And every all the listeners that came out, we had really the best time. So we want to do something else maybe in our area next time um, because – Going out of town the weekend before you move is one of the worst ideas you'll ever have in your entire freaking life. Yeah, I have no <laughs> clue what you were thinking. <laughs> it was a terrible idea, um, but we had a lot of fun. So did we express that enough? We had fun. It was really fun. We did. Yeah. We had a great time. I actually got to see my family oh, yeah. there. Um, I have an uncle that lives in um, the Atlanta area. So him and his wife, my aunt, um, I don't know why I'm call- I'm saying like his wife, like I don't know her. Yeah. Um, my aunt, um, they came and saw us, which was really special for me. I thought that was yeah. really nice. And then I got to go hang out with them. And Melissa got to go watch TV and get in bed early. So it was really perfect. I had Zaxby's and watched Real Housewives of Dallas. It was a perfect evening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we did. We had a really great time. It was so um, awesome to get to see um, people who came out to see us. Okay. Really. Well, they came I out just... to see collectively a lot of people. Yeah. And then sometimes they were like, oh, you're those people. Oh, but we had cool pins. That said, we did. Yeah, people always get us wrong whenever they see our pictures. Immediately, if somebody's it's their first time seeing a picture of us, they say, "Oh, I thought it was the opposite of you two. Um, I'm Mandy, and that Mandy is me. And so we had pens that say "Not Melissa" and "Not Mandy," and those were a big hit. So it was fun. They were. Yeah. Thank I you, Alicia, them. for making those for us. They were awesome. So uh, last last thing before we go, we are playing the promo for our friend Javier this week. You've heard us play his promos before. Are you listening? Are you not listening to us? Do you guys not care what we think? We love the show. Why won't you listen? Just listen. It's so good. <laughs> but he's covering the Word of Faith Fellowship um, Church in North Carolina. It's a whole series this season, and you have to listen to it. He got all kinds of... Um, access that nobody else has gotten like Elizabeth Vargas they're doing this big story on the same cult church thing um and they don't have any of the access he got so you want to hear some really exclusive stuff check that out but let him tell you about yeah. it because I'm really bad at this sort of thing but yeah check it out also patreon.com slash moms murder podcast we'll have the Eileen thing up this week because Mandy's going out of town next week so we're just really just cruising for a bruise in here trying to get stuff done and on time um and we will get that out for you guys and thank you so much for listening Right? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And we will see you here, talk to you, whatever we do next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. I'm Javier with Pretend Radio. And this season, I'm embedding myself in a cult. Throw him to the ground and get his devils out! 
Forgive us, Jesus! Forgive us, Jesus! Families will turn on each other. Let me make it really clear. I am Jamie's mother, but what he says is lies. Babies will be ripped away from their parents. It's hurtful to see them and know that their lives could have been much different in a, in a home outside of there. We're not letting go of God's will with each other. And the powerful? Well, they'll be held accountable. Um, as a district attorney, it's probably better for me not to comment. <laughs> why is that? Why is that? Survivors are not holding back, and the church is not backing down. Many in the media have tried to get in front of the accused cult leader, Jane Whaley, and have failed. We have asked you to leave. But somehow, I got in. How are you, sir? Yeah, yeah um, I'm here to speak with Jane Whaley. She invited me to service today. Yeah. This season, we're going deeper into the Word of Faith Fellowship than ever before. This story is on a collision course. And it's not going to end well. Why would anybody want to harm him? Sometimes we hurt other people by hurting people they love. Pretend Radio, Season 3, The Prophet. What's the matter with us? We're not going to burn God's will! Thanks so much for listening to the Moms of Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.